Hey everyone, welcome back to the Everything Jesus podcast. I'm Dr. Billy Birch and this is my wife, Kim. Hi everybody. And we're in episode 41. Now, just remember that in episode 40, we, we just saw Jesus walk into the upper room this last night of his life before he was crucified. And the first thing he did was wash the disciples' feet. And last episode, we were talking about that, and it became a, an amazing teaching point for the disciples, seeing the master, they're beginning to understand really who he is after having seen the miracles, and this master was actually washing their feet, yeah. and he was just saying, this is the example. Right. Now that right. I've washed your feet, you go and wash others' feet. Yeah. And we talked about how it was a symbol of the fact that he had come to cleanse, Yeah, that it was something that they could not do for themselves, he would do for them. And it was also an example to them of, of becoming humble, humbling yourself and serving one another. Exactly. And then toward the end of that, Jesus starts to get into a little bit of another situation, a little bit more of a speech. And then eventually, I'll actually read in 1336, it says, Simon Peter asked, Lord, where where are you going? Mm. Um, And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. And then Peter asked, why can't I come now? I'm ready to die for you. And Jesus answered, die for me. I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. Everybody remembers that about Peter. He denied Jesus. And then all of a sudden the rooster crowed. Right. And we're going to talk about that scene eventually. Yeah, we sure will. But um, one of the things I I found interesting is that question, Lord, where are you going? Because Jesus began to hint around that he was going to die, that he was going to go someplace that I'll be here a little while longer and then I won't be here any while longer. You know what I mean? And disciples started to get a little bit worried. They knew something was brewing and they didn't quite understand. So they kept asking questions. Right. This is their leader who they followed for three years. Right. And all along, Jesus has been telling them he he would have to die and he would be resurrected. And they weren't quite getting it. They never did get it. But they're starting to. Okay. Here in the last night, there was something brewing. They were feeling something. They were starting to put things together. Jesus was making things very clear over the last few weeks um, of his life. And that's where we enter into what we're talking about today. Right, right. So this whole idea of he's going somewhere Mm -hmm. and what will that look like? Um, We're all curious about it, you know, and what we're talking about is heaven. What does heaven look like? What is going on in heaven? You know, and it's portrayed in movies. Don't you even remember as a kid watching cartoons and, you know, the character would die and they'd fly up to heaven with wings and float on the clouds. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so there's all these cultural ideas we have about, about what heaven looks like looks like. Yeah, so true. And, you know, everybody has a confused idea of what it is. And a lot of it has come out of ancient writings and people who were picturesque and trying to describe heaven. And all of a sudden we ended up with the cherubim sitting on clouds with wings. And right. And this idea like, that we will this? become angels and sit on clouds, which really oh, isn't yeah. a biblical idea, but, and that we're going to be, you know, strumming our harps Yeah, and you think, all of that. what else is there going to be to it? That doesn't yeah. sound all that great. Yeah, you know? exactly. And so uh, I think that people haven't given a lot of thought as to what it is. And then a lot of people will just 
take a guess. Well, heaven's going to be this or that and really not know exactly where their information is coming from, mm-hmm. but it's just being handed down or just being, you know, kind of said, well, there'll be in a better place. Okay. And kind of just want to really let it vague. go, mm-hmm. um, especially for unbelievers who are really grieving over somebody's lost. Yeah. They're in a better place. They're in a better place. We don't know what that looks like. We don't know what that is. We don't know if it's real, but we're going to say it and hopefully they're in a better place. You know what yeah. I mean? So there's all this confusion yeah. around heaven and yet... It's one of the most important subjects we can talk about because everybody's going to die, you know? And so we all have an afterlife to look at and and really should look forward to, you know? And we're going to spend far more time there than we will have spent here on earth. It's eternal. So for us to, to to have the words from Jesus himself about his how he described this yeah. is really priceless. It's really important for us. And, and it can be fearful for a lot of people. I mean, it says in, in the book of Hebrews that um, that Satan keeps us in slavery over the fear of death. Wow. It's one of the ways he keeps, you know, and when you look at everybody that's, what happens after we die, what happens after we die, Jesus really does give us an answer for that. Mm-hmm. And he really does give us so much hope in that. And ought to give us a lot of hope, especially in a, in a world that's so fragile. Our lives are fragile. Yeah. I mean, we don't realize it because, you know, we endure a whole lot of pain and a whole lot of suffering or hard times and trials, but how fragile our lives are and we could lose a life in an instant. Yeah. You know, you're making me think about, I remember watching my mom when she went through her cancer journey mm-hmm. and it, it was terminal mm-hmm. and she knew death was coming but she loved the Lord and she knew his word. Mm-hmm. And so when I watched her in those final months and weeks, I saw her walk through the valley of the shadow of death yeah. with no fear. Yeah, true. With no fear true. because she was so confident in what she believed yep. because it was rooted in the Bible. Yep. So she didn't have to fear death. It's yeah. a beautiful thing. Oh, that is a beautiful thing. So, you know, here we are and the disciples are feeling this. Yeah. And this is the perfect opportunity. Jesus understood the perfect opportunities to teach his truth. Mm -hmm. And here it is again. Yeah. We start in chapter 14 of John, verse 1. Okay. So here's what he says. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Man, if you just look at those couple verses and we didn't go on any further in chapter 14, we'd have a whole lot to rest our hope into. Mm, you know what I mean? Yes. If it says, don't let your hearts be troubled, isn't it awesome that Jesus knows what we're struggling with? Oh, yeah. Isn't it awesome that he knew exactly what the disciples were feeling? He knows what you're feeling. He knows what the listeners are feeling. And he's just saying a very hopeful word. Don't don't let your hearts be troubled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's natural to have concern about yeah. what, what the afterlife is all about. And he's telling us, you don't have to be troubled by this because I'm going to tell you the important stuff you need to That's know right. right here. Trust in God, trust also in me. Yes. So you don't have to have your hearts troubled. So, you know, if there's one thing, it's almost a thesis statement, almost for, for this chapter, you know, mm. like, don't let your hearts be troubled, trust in God and trust also in me. Yeah. Um, you know how some newspaper articles are written that way where there's, the sentence at the top sure. that kind of explains almost everything in a very, very general way, and then another four columns that then get into detail about what's going mm-hmm. on. 
little bit like that here because yeah. he's saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Right. So leave it at that. Yeah. You know. And, and it's an assignment for us actually right here. Mm-hmm. Trust in God. Trust also in me. It's a two-part journey for us. You know, because a lot of people will say, well, I believe in God. I just mm-hmm. don't believe in Jesus. Yeah. That's not sufficient. That Jesus is saying, yes, that your belief and your trust in God is part of it, yeah. but your belief and trust in me is essential. Like yeah, the two right. both must must be present in your life for salvation to be there. And, you know, after he says that and he gets their attention and kind of helps them to calm or whatever that did, he then gets into heaven. Mm-hmm. And it says, there is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? You know what I mean? So it's like, I am going to prepare a place for you. You know how you said in the last couple podcasts, I think you mentioned um, the fact that Jesus would take illustrations from nature or things that were very um, apparent to to people and obvious and Uh relevant and and all that. And here it is again, if this were not so, would I have not, what would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you in, in weddings, um, often in that time period, and it still happens today, that it was kind of incumbent on the father okay. of the, the husband or the wife or, or whoever, however they, you know, orchestrated where they were going to live and things like that, to build onto their home to make room for this new family. Hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. And that often happened. Now, it didn't happen every time, but that was very, very apparent illustration for them. It's like, hey, my, there's enough room in my father's house. I'm going to prepare a place for you. So I'm going to build on to okay. the father's house. And this is where you're going to live. That's so you don't ever really have to neat. worry about it. Huh. You know what I mean? didn't realize so was, that that was a cultural it thing. It was a cultural thing. And I think everybody understood what he was saying by mm-hmm. that. It's like, man, I know what he's talking about because it happened to me. Yeah. You know, you know I mean? how your father-in-law added on to the yeah, house so you exactly. would have a place to live? This yeah, is exactly. exactly what Jesus' father is doing. Yeah. And then he says, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Jesus is admitting, you know, and making it very clear once again, I am going to be leaving. Mm-hmm. But the hope is, this is not the end. Yeah. We're going to see each other again. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to prepare a place for you with the assumption that that means so soon you're going to be with me mm-hmm. and we're going to be together again. Yeah, it's a promise. So there, there's, there's a little bit of heaven right in that, Yeah, that we're going to be face-to-face with Jesus. True, true. You know? You, you, I'll tell you what was jumping out at me. His father's house. And when I think about where is the nicest place I've ever stayed, you know, and yeah. you and I haven't gone on a lot of extravagant right. vacations or anything, right. but even like thinking when I stayed at a friend's house, who was the nicest nicest house that I ever stayed at. And we haven't done all that much, but say you had stayed at a really nice hotel in some kind of fancy suite. And you can imagine that as the listener, you're imagining the nicest place you've ever lived. Think about the father, God, the father's house. Yeah. He has limitless resources. Yeah, that's right. He has everything at his disposal and he knows you perfectly to know what all your favorite stuff is. That's true. That's and true. And could you just picture him 
Jesus going to prepare this place and he and the Father are creating this place with all of your preferences in mind, with everything at their disposal, it will be nicer than anything I can imagine. You know, so when I want to cling to my life here, it just shows how short-sighted I am that he is making me a beautiful custom-made suite that he's added onto his house for me. He's preparing it. And and that's that's exactly what it says. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Yeah. In your interest. Yeah. You know what I mean? And nothing is worse for a traveler than if they've traveled somewhere and the place isn't ready when they get there. They're exhausted Mm -hmm. and their room's not ready. And you know what it makes me think of when Jesus came to earth? Mary and Joseph found nowhere for Jesus to be born. There was no room prepared for them. And Jesus is going to make sure there is a room yeah, prepared for us. Yeah, just to make sure us. that's not going to happen to us. That, right. That's such a good point. Um, and speaking of traveling, verse 4, you can read, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. verse 4 through 7. Okay. So starting at 4, and you know the way to where I am going. Let me jump back to verse 3 and get that too. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Mm-hmm. And you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And so the question was, when Jesus posed a statement, and you know the way to where I am going, presuppose there's a path to this. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a path to where we, we're going, and Thomas, all confused. Yeah. No, we don't know, Lord. You know, you're headed there. What's the path? And again, he's asking a question that he he sees as something that's relevant and obvious to him. When you go somewhere, you walk on a path. Right. Or you take a, a wagon on a path. Um, we don't know where you're going. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Yeah. So this is a place that is so real and tangible that it requires preparation, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't use a mode of transportation like what we're accustomed to. It doesn't use a certain road Mm -hmm. or a certain type of vehicle. We're going to this tangible place in an intangible way. It really is very hard for us to get our head around. I get the fact that he was like, can you explain this a little more? You know, I, I find it really funny that our kids, when we play a, car, a new card game or something like mm-hmm. that, or a new game with the kids, they always make fun of me they because totally I ask do. so many yes. questions. I mean, I'm like, okay, I don't understand. You didn't explain this. What about this? What about this? Can, can we just play a practice round? <laughs> but but I don't have the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, don't quite get it. So I have to ask a lot of questions. And then when Thomas asked, you know, we have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus' response was more like, it's not a path, Mm. it's a person. Yes. And that's the hard thing to grab hold of, because like you said, it's not the tangible path you see, it's through a person. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it makes me think of when you show up somewhere, this has never happened to me, but say I went somewhere with a famous person, and the famous person is allowed through the gate, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to be allowed through the gate, but they turn around, they say, oh, she's with me. Mm-hmm. And point to me. I need Jesus to say, she's with me. Mm. He is the way. He's the way I can get through that gate because I'm with him. Right. I am. I that's, have that's aligned a, myself and good, connected myself with him. That's a good way to look so at that. So when I get to the gate of heaven, 
Jesus points and says, she's with me. Yeah, that's a good way to look at that. And then Jesus told him, this is, this is the person, not the path. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And thereby established for Thomas, as he was asking that question, the universal entrance point for anybody to arrive in this place where Jesus is going, we know it as heaven. Mm-hmm. It's the universal entrance point. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You know, we could break down those three mm-hmm. and just, man, talk forever about that. You could have a whole podcast on I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. You right. Know? So let's explore it for a minute. What's, yeah. what's jumping out at you? I've got a couple of things here. Yeah. He's the way. He has provided the way. They don't quite understand what what path Jesus has to take. Yeah. It will be the path of suffering mm-hmm. and that'll happen in a few hours, but they don't quite get that right then. But that is the way. It was the it was the way that was decided upon long ago that Jesus would die, his blood would cover over our sins, he would conquer sin and death through the resurrection, and that is the way. Yes. You know? But he's also saying that there's the way and the truth in life. Jesus is the embodiment of truth. Yeah. It is his word that is truth. He is the word, as it says in John chapter one. Yeah. Um, he's the life. He says he offers us abundant life, mm-hmm. um, life to the full. And there's just so much packed in the person of Jesus that I think that we forget about. And if we don't think about the person of Jesus, his whole life, all of his promises, we only say, who's Jesus? Oh, he, he died on the cross and then rose again from the dead. And then we believe that and stops there mm. and don't realize that, no, this is a way. Okay. This is the truth. This is the life, yeah. you know, that we can have that is more full and more rich than just having a statement about Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And believing a little bit of him. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, there is an exclusivity to that phrase right there. I am the way. Mm-hmm. And throughout scripture, we see that it's pointed to Jesus as the only way. He is the only access point to God, the only one who can sufficiently cover our sins and substitute on our behalf to give us entrance into heaven. So I'm thinking about, you know, other places in scripture where it has this exclusive claim about Christ. He called himself the door. He said, I am the door, and that's in John 10, verse 9. Um, Another scripture says, there is no other name under heaven by which Mm -hmm. you can be saved. Mm -hmm. That's in Acts 4.12. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, there is one mediator between God and man, Mm -hmm. the man Christ Jesus. And even one of um, a very familiar scripture in John 1.14 says, he is the only begotten of the Father. So he is the only one. It's said over and over to us in scripture. And our culture takes issue with that. Our culture says, hey, it doesn't matter what I believe as long as I'm sincere. Yeah. And that's not not true. Sincerity yeah. never equates to truth. Mm-hmm. Since when does being sincere about something mean that Make it's necessarily it true? Obviously, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, people used to believe sincerely believe the world was flat. Yeah, it did not cause that to be true. Yeah. So you know, we we as Christians say there is one way. The, the Bible says there mm-hmm. is one way, mm-hmm. and our world takes issue with that. We're not saying that other religions shouldn't have equality under our law in our country, but we are saying that they don't have equal validity before God. God has endorsed one. Mm -hmm. There is one entry point into heaven, and it's Mm -hmm. Jesus. 
Yeah, and you know what's interesting about that is I know that people stand against that. It's that's so narrow-minded and so mm-hmm. narrow. But truth, by definition, is narrow. Absolutely. See, that's the thing that people don't realize that a green chair is a green chair, and it's no other color than green. Right. You know what I mean? That's that's very narrow. Two plus two is four. That's very narrow. There's another answer to that. But when it comes to, for some reason, faith and religion, people want to want to say that. It's not, we, we don't have to have just one truth. You can have a whole bunch of them. They all lead to the same path. You know, the, all the paths lead to God. Right. And and that's not, it's not valid. That's not a valid, it's not a logical. Um, logical. It's mean. not logical, yeah. yes. And people will say, why, why would God only provide one way? Why wouldn't he provide multiple ways? Well, he could have done that, but it would be awfully confusing for us to pick out, you know, okay, mm-hmm. say there are 20 ways to God. Mm-hmm. It's awfully hard to sort through the hundred to get to the 20 that are the offered, the valid offerings. God offered one because it's not confusing that way. Yeah. And yeah. he made it so clear by from the beginning of human history, weaving a story together. This is what we call our Bible, you know, that he's woven this story together and pointed to this is what it's going to look like. Look for these hints. Look for these prophecies to be fulfilled. He sent prophets to tell us how it was going to unfold. And then in Jesus, Jesus did these miracles and gave these teachings and it all lined up. And then we're going to see unfold in a few more podcasts. He will die on the cross and be raised again. There is only one who has ever done that. And it's Jesus. You know, Buddha didn't resurrect from the dead. Confucius didn't resurrect. Muhammad Mm -hmm. didn't resurrect. Jesus is the only one who died and was raised. That is God's signature of approval Mm -hmm. on this being the way. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And... And honestly, the great part about this is I I don't agree that it's narrow mm-hmm. because the offer was made to every human being ever in history and ever will be in history. This offer is made to everybody. It would be narrow in my mind if it was only offered to a few. True. But this is offered to everybody. Yeah. So it's like, no, this is a gift that they're offering you. You now have to accept it. Right. You know what I mean? This is the gift given to you. So... um Anyway, that's that's such a such a a dominant theme in the culture of today mm-hmm. is that you can just kind of believe whatever you want and hear Jesus saying, "Let's make sure we believe the right thing." Yeah, yeah. Um, and it says, "If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him." Mm-hmm. And then Philip comes on. Okay, Philip said. Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father, who lives in me, does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I, I love this little section. You know, I think it gets glossed over a whole lot because so many famous verses in the beginning of John chapter 14. But this is really great because now Thomas had his ideas and he's like, I don't know what's going on, you mm-hmm. know. And then Jesus had to tell him. And then Philip's like, oh, okay, show us the Father. You're talking about you would know if you saw me, you'd know who the Father is from now on. You do know him and have seen him. 
Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Kind of like what happened in Moses, ah, with Moses in Exodus, okay. where, where God kind of floated by and Moses was able to look at God, but wasn't able to look at him face to face. He was able to see who God was. And Jesus is just saying, I'm giving you more than a glimpse. I'm giving you... If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, they had been with him for three years. They had seen who who Jesus was, and that was a representation of God. That's right. Um, Hebrews 1.3 says, The Son radiates God's own glory and mm-hmm. expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. So the, the Son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of who he is. And that's that's what we've been trying to do in this podcast, yeah. to fix our eyes on Jesus, to watch what his life was all about, that's to exactly understand right. who God is, and to understand what is salvation? How do, how do I get to this heaven? Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it, Jesus makes it really clear. Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? Can you imagine having that be the truth, that I am in the Father and the Father you know, God the Father is in me. You know what I mean? Jesus is saying something really significant here. You right. know, and when when you read this, I almost feel like you have to diagram it out or something because it's so tricky to really understand what he's saying here in his reply in mm-hmm. verses nine through eleven. He's describing the Trinity, and it's a mystery, and that's why words fail us when we really try that, to describe it verbally. That's very true, and. You know, he even says, okay, if you can't grab hold of that, very last thing you read, if you can't grab hold of that, okay, well, at least believe in me because of the works you have seen me do. And part of the reason why Jesus brought the works or the miracles, miracles and works, you know, Mm -hmm. that he's shown everybody to signs and wonders is so that people will see God in this. Yes. So they will say, oh, that's God. Mm-hmm. That that only God can do that, mm-hmm. you know. And that's part of the reason He showed the signs and miracles that He did. Yeah. So people come to Him, and He's just reiterating to Philip, then at least believe because you saw me do some things that only God is capable of doing. Yeah. You know, you know Philip saying, "Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied." There is a temptation in all of us to say. Maybe, God, maybe you haven't done enough. Maybe mm-hmm. you haven't done enough for me to really believe in Jesus. You needed to do a little more. You know, somehow this isn't right. quite clear enough for right. me. There's just a temptation in us to say, I, I'm not ready to buy into this because I don't have enough. So true. You know? yeah, and so I remember true. I was t- talking to a friend of mine about Jesus, and she said, Well, gosh, when he did this, you know, 2,000 years ago, and he's not done anything more to to show himself to people. And I was like, honey, think about all that he has done, okay? He gave us his record mm-hmm. of history with all these so hints true. of how the Messiah would come, what it would look like. Then Jesus lived on earth for three years. We have a record of that. He dies. He resurrects. Then he's going to be alive for 40 days after his resurrection to proclaim himself among people again. Hundreds of people will see him. Mm -hmm. We're going to get a record of that. We're going to get four books of the Bible telling us all about what Jesus did. And then we're going to, Christians will have the Holy Spirit to be able to explain it to other people. What more would he need to do? He has done everything we would need for it to be sufficient for us to come to Christ. So right. And I think Thomas and Philip, both in what they were explaining, how they were confused, 
Jesus was getting through, and they're like, okay, now you have me. All right, I'm I, I starting to put all this together, but it's still very confusing. And then Jesus explains it very clearly. I'm in the Father. The Father is in me. Mm-hmm. What do you mean you're God and you're a human? I don't understand. The Father is in me, and I am in the Father. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Keeps just saying it. Can you... Can you kind of surround your brain around that, which is very, very difficult. It is. But that's what Jesus kept going to. Mm -hmm. I and the Father are one. The Father's in me. I'm in him. It can't be any more clear than that, you know? Yeah. And so I think that, you know, just believe that I am in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. Mm -hmm. So the challenge to the, the, the listener today is that very challenge. It is very much, you know, at least, at very least, bare minimum, believe because of the work you have seen me do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and I think that that's really significant because um, I, Jesus, you know, said that very same thing. And uh, in, in chapter 6, verse 29, and I believe we referenced it in another podcast, but they replied, this is the disciples, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? And Jesus told them in verse 29, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Mm. And it starts there. It's where it begins. And it's a beginning point. It's Mm -hmm. not an ending point. When we believe in Jesus, it doesn't like, okay, that's the end of everything now. No, he's saying this is the beginning of a brand new life that will stretch all throughout eternity. Yeah. It, It. Other religions say, do this, do this, make yourself okay before God, do this to gain God's approval. And God says, it's already done. Yeah. The only work I need you to do is to believe. That's right. To believe on the one I have sent. And if you can't believe because it's so confusing to you, at least believe because you've seen what I can do. Mm -hmm. And everything that Jesus has done, he did well. Mm. And he did because he loves. Yeah. You know? And you can't deny that. Yeah. So you brought up the whole idea of the Trinity. And so next episode, we're going to get into the person of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. because it's all in chapter 14 and then it's all in chapter 16. And I think we'll get a really, really clear picture of who the Holy Spirit actually is. Mm -hmm. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for bringing us to this truth. I pray if there's anybody out there who needs to begin this life with you, to accept you into their lives, Lord, by faith, believing in you and who you are, or at least in the works that you have done. Mm -hmm. Lord, I pray that they see you as the way and the truth and the life and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Forgive me. Be my forgiver. Lead me. Be my leader. Lord, and they can make that decision right now so that they can spend eternity with you in heaven. Lord, thank you for all this. Thank you for sharing with us that we don't have to have our hearts be troubled, but we can trust in you and trust in Jesus. And so I just thank you that you give us these words of hope and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.